welcome to the After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Connects Education Academy. Our podcast is here to help teachers, leaders and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. Welcome back to After the Bell, our series of podcasts on trauma-informed practice brought to you by Connects Academy. As an approved provider of the fully funded senior mental health lead training, we are acutely aware of the challenges young people are facing with their mental health and the challenges schools are facing supporting students with this. Some of the topics we are discussing in this podcast may be distressing or cause triggers, so please take time out and seek support if you are affected by any of the content today. Our guests today are Andy Bridge, a Deputy Head Teacher, and Debbie Davis, Head Teacher in Senko. You will remember that last week we looked at creating trauma informed classrooms and recognising unmet needs. We concentrated on the holistic needs of the child, what we called whole body health, and childhood is a vulnerable time, and what happens to us then has long, deep impacts. Today, we'll be looking at techniques and methods of working with traumatised children that are proactive and powerful support tools. So good afternoon, Debbie. Great to have you back with us today. Debbie, I know that you use a process and approach called PACE. Please, can you tell us about this? Hi, Georgie. Hi, Andy. Um, So, yes, of course, PACE is an approach developed by uh, Dr. Dan Hughes, an American psychologist who works with traumatised children. And PACE stands for playfulness, acceptance, curiosity and empathy. And these principles help to promote the experience of safety in your interactions with young people or children. So children who have had a really difficult start to life have often learned that the world is not a safe place and that people in it cannot be trusted to help them to to actually stay safe. And without safety and and the concept of security, children cannot settle to learn and explore. Many also do think that they deserve care and attention. Uh, They don't deserve care and attention and they feel really ashamed uh, much of the time. These feelings and assumptions about the world underpin all the interactions they have with you and their peers. And working with children who who do feel safe at school, uh, who who do not feel safe at school, is demanding and asks a lot of you as a professional. And children need to feel that you've really connected with them and the emotional part of the brain before they can engage with thoughtful, articulate problem solving, um, etc. So, pace really helps professionals to connect emotionally with a child uh, which gives them the best chance to understand themselves and their journey to mending and I I know this because I use PACE a lot and the professionals that I work with use PACE. Andy this sounds really interesting and effective the use of this PACE concept. Can you tell us more about the P for playfulness please? Hi Georgie yeah of course so um, as you said, the P stands for playfulness, and that really is about the child seeing that you enjoy being with them in an unconditional way. You you value the time with them. It's not a chore to you. It's not a hassle. You're not there against your will. 
and it, it builds that kind of positive relationship. It shows them that, um, you know, basically that the relationship is stronger and can be sustained even when things go wrong. So they might shout at you occasionally. They might have a bit of a an outburst, but actually the playfulness shows that it's repairable, it's fixable. You will still enjoy their time unconditionally, even though sometimes they will get it wrong. Um, and if we get that playfulness right, that reduces the the shame that the child might feel when you know when when they do get something wrong, when it when it all goes wrong and they get that emotional outburst. If we get that that light tone, the, the playful tone, and get that safe, secure atmosphere, it's much much easier to repair the damage caused by the outburst um, and to kind of get back to the state of calm if we adopt that playful approach. Thank you, Andy. I think you know that's that's key, isn't it, about making sure that we move on and and that we we don't sort of lend ourselves to focus on on the incident or or what happened. It's it's kind of draw a line and move on. So, Debbie, I'm sh- I'm sure sort of in your role and and your experience, you've you've got some examples of this. Are you able to share those with us? Of course. So, I know a colleague who is absolutely fabulous when it comes to playfulness. And this colleague is really light-hearted in in her ways and jokes uh, with the children and makes everyone, not just the children, but makes everyone feel happy. As soon as she walks into the room, the weather changes. And she can breeze into a really tense situation and immediately bring everyone to ease. And, And examples might be things like, if a child is swearing incessantly, uh, you might say, do you know, I, I heard, all I heard was swearing then, and, and my ears are so upset, I can see you're unhappy, T- tell me what you need, and I will help. Um, and a child might refuse to answer you, and, she, uh, and you might say, uh, with a massive smile and a wink, and, and, um, and a broad, kind of broadcasting voice, um, would you like to call a friend? And everyone giggles and laughs and it just, like Andy says, it brings a bit the playfulness in and it makes it easier to repair relationships. It doesn't make the child feel that everything's a mistake for them. And it just makes everyone feel okay. And what what I remember once a, a child, you know, moved forward, um, like lunged forward because they were distressed uh, with their arms open. And, you know, and that can, that can be interpreted in an aggressive manner. But, you know, it, it, it turned into a, I'm giggling thinking about it, it actually turned into a quick step and a tango with the child and and everyone was giggling and and it was fun um and i, I just hope these instance instances help to frame playfulness uh, it's a real skill and people who do it people think that that's just their default character but actually it's a skill that they're showing in the workplace if that makes sense Absolutely. And I also think, you know, we can think of some adults that are really, really talented and and also are able to manage those difficult situations, you know, really quickly as well. So, yeah, there's some great examples there, Debbie. Thank you. So it's making me smile just listening to those. And and Andy, what about um, A for acceptance? Have you got some examples you can share there? Yeah, I mean, the acceptance is really, um, I, I think this I don't know about you, Debbie. I think this can be hard to get right um, because the acceptance is it develops a child's sense of safety 
because it shows that you are there and you haven't formed any kind of judgment on them based on, on their behavior. And it can be hard to do that if there's been a very emotional, emotive situation to just sit and go through that kind of uncomfortable tense phase and show no form of judgment and just show that the child is accepted. That's not necessarily easy if day in, day out, it's kind of high pressure, intense, um, you know, intense emotions that can be difficult. And part of it is, you know, if we've got a child who's been through some kind of trauma, they, they might have some kind of distressing emotions about themselves, about others. They might say, um, you know, nobody likes me. I'm stupid. You hate me. Everyone hates me. Nobody wants me to be here. And it's about kind of not just challenging them and saying that they're wrong because that is their feeling. That's their belief. So it's about how we frame accepting that that's how they feel. But then we, we try and um, kind of move their thinking on in a more positive manner without showing them that we're we're judging them in some way. Thank you for sharing, Andy. I think trying to build in times with colleagues in which you, you can reflect on child beyond their behaviour is is really important as well and 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 actually giving them the child the chance to express their own feelings about those sort of situations is also really important yeah. so debbie have you got an example of of sorry have you got an example of um practice an example that you can can share around this um yes uh, yes actually so i mean let's come back to the idea of that we accept feelings and and not certain behavior behaviors so some children for example are, are surrounded by constant swearing it's natural it's their dialogue and we accept this and still support the child to understand that using inappropriate language is actually unacceptable in in society so we might say i can understand why you might swear and i can see that it helps you to express yourself you're a fantastic person and the behaviour you show when swearing like this is not acceptable. We don't want you to change because you're amazing and we can help you to change the, this behaviour and we're a team and we care about you. So it's about the behaviour and not the child. Um, and you, you, you don't have to accept the behaviour but you can acknowledge, you acknowledge the behaviour, but you accept the child and their feelings and why they might be responding in the way that they are. And and that just sort of shift in language is really key, isn't it? It's it's about not focusing in on on you've bad, you you're really bad. It's actually that behaviour isn't appropriate. So uh, so yeah, that I think uh, that that seems um, a very sensible way to approach. And also, again, another skill, the, the, the reaffirmation of positives, that seems to be key as well. So next, we're going to talk about curiosity. So that's the C in pace, Andy. How does this play out? How, you know, what, what skill is this? Yeah, so, so this really is the child seeing that you are genuinely interested in them. You, you know, we, we are working with children in a in a paid capacity, but you don't want the child to be thinking, well, they're only here because they're being paid to, because it's their job, because they have to. That that child needs to feel that you're genuinely interested in helping them, which, which you are. So it, it's maintaining that curiosity about the child's thoughts, their feelings, their wishes, their intentions. And, you know, instead of just saying, if a child behaves in a certain way, 
why have you done that? And, and that comes with that kind of sense of judgment. Questions like, um, you know, what, what do you think is going on here? What do you think this is about? I wonder if X, Y and Z is, is happening, but I might be wrong. You tell me it from your perspective or this is what I'm thinking. Does that kind of line up with what's going on in your head? And, and just showing that genuine interest in them um, is powerful. And that's not necessarily something that all children are used to, adults showing genuine curiosity about them. I think that approach really helps a child because they they may not even know how or why they're feeling that way. So, you know, being curious, we can help the child to get perspective and understand why they're behaving as they are. Um, Debbie, can you can you give us some more examples of this? Yes, I would like to come back uh, just on the back of what you've said, Georgie. When there are, there are times when I've seen professionals using curiosity in the way that that Andy's just described and the, and I've watched the child actually look totally shocked with almost with a relief that someone understands what they're thinking and feeling and then it's okay for them to to sort of like accept that this is what's happening to them because someone else has recognized it as well and it, it's important to be curious about a child's thoughts and feelings and wishes. Um, curiosity is, is, is so important and it, it really works. And this approach really helps a child because they may not e even know how they're feeling and why. And being curious can, can help the child to get to the perspective and understand why they're behaving in the way that they do. And I've seen this so many times at work and, and you know, like I say, you can you can feel the child breathing a sigh of relief uh, when they come to understand that actually, yes, that really is happening. I mean, one I remember one child said to me, are you reading my mind? And I said, well, well no, I'm, I'm not reading your mind, but I was wondering if that might be how you're feeling. Yes, yes, it is. And it gives them it gives them a passport to talk, which is so important, isn't it? I think that's such a great example. And, and yeah, absolutely. It's it's so important that they have these examples and they feel that they can actually share themselves. Um, and, and it gives the message that actually we really care about them mm. um, and uh, that actually genuinely we are curious about their behaviour. Debbie, yeah, go ahead. Uh, just just an, another example. So, you know, imagine lots of children go through bereavement and bereavement can, can be one of the, the ACEs, the ad adverse childhood experiences that we talked about. Um, and imagine that a, a parent's passed away a year on that day or, you know, some, something really traumatic in the child's life and the child is completely dysregulated and quite challenging in class, won't work and, and is disrupting others. And we've all seen that. We are, we are, that has happened in so many schools and sadly will continue to be the case. And find a bit of space and privacy and be curious. So you might say, whatever the, the child's name is, let's say John, just for picking a name. So you might say, hi, John. I, I can see that you're not handling your feelings very well today and I'm just being curious and I'm wondering what what might be on your mind and I was wondering if it might be because today is is the anniversary of your mum passing and if it is it's completely understandable 
and maybe we could do something different in class to help you today or maybe we could take some time out and, and because we really care about you John and you watch the reaction that the child will give because you've, you've pinpointed through curiosity does does that help absolutely I can almost feel the sense of feeling noticed and appreciated um, and and understood um, and and that's half the battle isn't it um, around being curious it's interesting that you might say that you could be wrong it seems to give the child even more empowerment to own their their own sort of feelings so uh, so thank you for sharing that example uh, Debbie Andy finally what what is the E and I know it stands for empathy but can we unpack that a little bit as well yeah so the empathy really is you showing the child that their feelings are important to you um, and you know in an adult child relationship it can be quite easy and accidental to like belittle the child or make them feel as though you're looking down on them and, and we want to obviously avoid that situation so making sure that we've got empathy in in our interactions is just so helpful with that and and it's about not not telling them that their feelings are wrong or invalid because that is their feeling so for example um i don't know if a child says to you you don't care about me instead of responding as yes i do like you shouldn't say that that's wrong i do care about you which is then invalidating the child's feeling and their experience something like oh that must be really hard like i i feel sad that that's your perception of our relationship and the the difference in phrasing there i don't know it, it's, it's accepting of what their view is and their experience rather than just telling them that that it's wrong so we're kind of showing empathy that we understand their point of view and that their point of view is is really valid i, I don't know does that does that kind of clarify that one a bit georgie yeah definitely it it, it feels like it it means that we recognize and, and we're but again we're not accepting certain behaviors so um yeah that that really makes a lot of sense for us so uh, thank you for sharing that Debbie, is there anything else that um, you'd like to share with us before we wrap up today's podcast? Just just um, thank, thank you for, for asking that, Georgie, because, you know, these are skills and when they're done, they look like it's water off a duck's back to the professional, but actually they're skills. And when you get to a stage where you know that you're moving into playfulness, and that's your actual strategic way of working with that child and that's appropriate and now you're moving into acceptance because the child is 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 sharing and you have to accept what you're hearing and then you move into curiosity because the child is dysregulated and you know that it's because a song was just played that might have triggered them because you know what their background is and you, when you can identify which area of pace you're moving into, it, you you strengthen more as a professional. That's that's how it's made me feel. Yeah, thank you. And Andy, any any addition comments today? Yeah, I, I just agree with Debbie, and I think where, where you see professionals getting this right, like just such a huge respect because to be able to deliberately think, I'm I'm just going to deploy this strategy. I'm just going to make sure I show this here in a situation that is is explosive, is potentially violent, is threatening, there might be some adrenaline pumping, like that, as Debbie said, is such a skill to be able to calmly think, actually, 
uh, I'm not going to rise to that kind of emotion that the child's feeling and, and add even more and, and heighten it even further. I, I'm just going to take a playful approach here or I'm just going to show a little bit of curiosity. That's such a, a difficult skill to master and there's many, many people that do it really, really well. And and it absolutely calms the situation automatically, doesn't it? It, it almost dampens the, the, the spark, as it were. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so if if just to reiterate, what we've covered today is that the uh, the term PACE, which is P A C E, and it stands for playfulness, acceptance, curiosity, and empathy. And there's lots of research and, and articles around this sort of theory. So make sure you spend some time following up and um, thank you both to our Andy and Debbie for joining us today. It's um, been a really interesting discussion. Next week, we'll be discussing how children move from trauma to recovery and recovery from trauma is not easy. It's a long term process, but that doesn't mean to say that it's not impossible. Uh, there's lots of evidence around the brain and the body being wired to heal and it's what they're doing all the time. It's how we survive and manage to live so long. So in recovering from trauma, we're not actually asking the brain and body to do anything other than what is literally in their DNA to do. We just need to know how to help the process rather than hindering it. Connects Academy is proud to be a DFE approved provider of the Senior Mental Health Lead Training. You can find out more by visiting connects-academy.com. You can pick up our After the Bell podcasts, which are released on a weekly basis and provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. And hopefully you can access these if you're on your daily commute, walking the dog, on your treadmill, or as your focus for the day. Thank you for listening to After the Bell. Mm-hmm.